This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest Short Shots, the show where we focus purely on the short films. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me is Richard Halls. Hey, everyone. This week's episode, we are taking a look at the works of a new Australian director called Alice Mayo Mackay. And we've got three films of hers to look at. Uh, We're going to kick off with The Serpent's Nest. Then we've got Tooth for Tooth. And we're going to end up with Tale of the Laundry Game. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is The Serpent's Nest. Uh, Sophia moves to a new town with her father for a fresh new start. But when it appears they have some sort of mind control powers, they are befriended by Jen, who also has some special skills of her own. Um, Okay, so this one's set during the 70s in a sort of small town. Um, I I must admit, I've I've been to a place called Ballarat in um, in Victoria. And and it has a sort of very familiar sort of feel to this. It's got the, you know, sort of architecture, which is sort of part English, part American. It's got the wide roads, that sort of thing, Um, which is sort of really interesting um, sort of setting, you know. Uh, So our, our main character is Sophia. Um, she's played, or they are played by um, Jamila Main, who's a sort of non-binary actor, um, and I think she does a really good job as this uh, character. She, um, I'm assuming that she's sort of playing sort of trans in the film. Uh, there, there is sort of a, sort of reference, sort of few sort of disparaging marks, maybe other characters to point you in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has a really good relationship with her dad, and she has this, you know, this burgeoning relationship with Jen, uh, sort of two outsiders who sort of sort of find each other, as it were. Um, I thought this was um, very enjoyable. How about you? Yeah, it's a it's it's quite it's a very engaging twenty six minute uh, film with very good pr- production values, especially when you consider that the the director was about uh, was I believe fifteen. Mm. Uh, when she made it uh, that's that's pretty that's, that's astounding uh, the uh, we don't often hear of of directors of you know of young of particularly young uh, film directors and the uh, and i was thinking to myself well, you, is that such a is it is it such a massive surprise that somebody would be able to pull off like something like this that you know as a, as a teenager i mean part you've got the issues with school and stuff but you know when you're young some some people are very creative and very productive and especially in the music uh, you know the music world and stuff we've seen a lot of people come up uh, from uh, you know you know find success yeah. uh, at a young age and young writers as well but the, what's interesting here is you know that film is a very much more in a way much more challenging because it's you know it's collaborative it involves so many facets so many people uh, and the fact that uh, Alice and the team at uh, One Manor Productions, I believe it is, you know, pull pull up, up you know, a, a short film of this length together. I mean, you, you might expect something of like two or three minutes, maybe, but to be able to just make something so fully formed is impressive in and of itself. The film, the film, looking at the film, you know, regardless of of its genesis, is uh, it's uh, it, it it's 
intre- it's got an interesting story. So the setting's really well done. Mm-hmm. The uh, I got a bit lost with some of the features, but in terms of the uh, the characterization and the sort of the the supernatural elements that come into play, I thought that was all really well done. There's a now forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but there's not really any explanation as to where these abilities have come from. No. No, and the, and so these sort of characters sort of find each other. Uh, it, it's like it's the new person in town, you know, meets up with yeah. someone and sort of gets drawn away, and you know, a little bit of a Lost Boys thing yeah. going on, and that. It's. Um, I think there's some scenes that didn't quite work for me, but the but overall, yeah, it's a, it's a good little film. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think it handles you know sort of new 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 person in town sort of thing really well you know at first she's sort of um she's got the the bitchy blonde sort of welcoming her and sort of showing her around and then you know when possibly when her agenda sort of comes to light at school or whatever suddenly she's ostracized and some people are making snide comments and things like that um this is a really good bit of editing as well to do with the um sort of the boy who tries to warn her what's going on who, who gets killed is sort of made to look like a suicide mm. uh, and and the bit where he sort of jumps off the bridge um it's, it's just a really really good, clever piece of editing I think. oh yeah yeah just really well done um so so yeah this this it it feels like it feels like it's been made by people who are more established than they probably are you know um and, and i think that's probably in part down to this you know uh, the quality of the other people she's got working with us, uh, for example, you know, whoever is doing the editing and was doing the cinematography, um, you know, um, it, it doesn't feel like it's a school project. You know, the, these are professional people lending their time, you know, to, to, to make this this film. And, you know, to have someone that young sell you their, their idea to, to get you on board, to th- say, yes, this is a project, but it's going to be worth my time. You know, mm. uh, regardless of whether you're getting paid for it, um, which you know, it, it, it's 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 really amazing. I think that, um, uh, that, that this was able to come to be. Yeah, and I th- they say the sense of time, the location, the relationships between the characters. Um, I, li- I like the the father mm. uh, character. You know, this is you know, we've, so many films have t- done these kinds of themes before, whether it's. Uh, I, I think we'll mention it again a bit later, but like the Lost Boys, you know, Diane Weiss and, you know, yep. brings the, the kids to town. And then, and then there was also the Karate Kid <laughs> where, where um, Daniel LaRusso arrives with his mum and stuff. But so these are well-worn themes and tropes, but there's a there's an added dimension here because not only, I mean, the, the themes, you know, the gender themes mm. uh, that are come up in this would be uh, challenging in a, contemporary setting but push this story back and yeah. you you know you're amplifying that quite yeah. considerably uh, but it it doesn't uh it could go in a, a number of different directions but i think if anything it underplays mm. the situation and stuff and, and i think you know that's it, to its yeah, credit it is very interesting and it, it, you know the character of the dad is just you know he, he in the first scene together he's trying to be the authoritative figure you know sort of you know, trying to tell his daughter not to smoke and all the rest of it and uh, sort of later on you know trying to ground her and stuff but he's you know you, you get the impression that he he's dealing with the, his 
his child's situation in the best way he can mm-hmm. you know and that is just to, just to be as supportive as he can you know just just to be uh, you know a supportive parent but never forgetting to be a parent you know um and, and trying to sort of you know give give boundaries and that sort of thing you know and, and, and be as fair as he can so, so and you know he, he trips over the pronouns and things you know at times and um you know, he, he can't get to grips with that side of it um, as much as she probably wants him to. But at the same time, he's 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 doing what he can. You know, he's, he's of a different di- uh, generation. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, he's he's able to convey all that in in just a couple of scenes. So so it's really really cool. Yeah, it's it's a great little film. Um, it's not everything works for me. Like the, um, the, the there's a girl in a coma who. You know, used to meddle with um with Jen, sort of doing spells and stuff, and ended up in a coma, and so she snaps out of it at the end. And the, the scene, you know, I, I get what they're sort of going for, but the scene itself just didn't work for me personally. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that myself. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was more for me. There was there was a bit more confusion around the book and the application of that. Mm. Uh, I think I'd have to watch it again to sort of get a bit. The book you know. was interesting, yeah, because because it, it, you know it wasn't like a spell book. It was more like a sort of um, a really dark, sort of hard boiled noir sort of story. Because this is where the the title of the film comes from, isn't yeah, it? The, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you think it's going to have more more relevance than it possibly does? I, I think at, the, at most it's the fact that. I think the book belonged to the girl in the coma, or there, there was some note or something from her in the mm-hmm. book, which sort of like you know is a clue for her for Sophia to sort of look into. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, I thought this was this was very solid. I, I was really sort of surprised by the quality of it. So, what are you going to score it, Mike? Uh, I'm definitely giving this a seven. Uh, I, I will join you on a seven as well. Mm-hmm. Two sevens for the serpent's nest. Our next review is Tooth for Tooth. While investigating the murder of a friend, a drag artist and an activist find themselves caught in an old war between those who feed on the blood of the fearful and those who feed on the blood of the hateful. Uh, So this is set in the sort of sort of gay sort of red light district i suppose of um somewhere like sort of sydney i imagine um and as it says sort of the main character is a drag artist working in a club um his sort of young friend i think i think it's just like his roommate sort of goes home early um but disappears and sort of spurs him and uh, this other person on to investigate further we've got um sort of Various other characters. There's this uh, sort of right-wing religious group who are sort of um, um, haranguing, yeah, haranguing uh, outside people the club, going in and out of the club. And um, it turns out we've got sort of various vampires. Some some are like vigilantes, sort of killing other criminals, and others are sort of just feeding on anyone they can sort of come across. Uh, a lot going on for a 17-minute film, I believe. Yeah, 13 minutes. 13-minute film, yeah. Yeah. So a lot going on back and forth. But, but um, yeah, but but really well shot, all set at night. The photography is really, really good. Uh, some good sort of um, special effects in, in terms of like prosthetics and things, um, and, and some good dialogue as well. So this really, really, really worked for me. Yeah, it's also got the, for me, sort of like the... 
the best the sort of the, one of the great things is uh, the opening and closing credits for me and the, the poster design you know the marketing essentially of the film film with the with this poster is great it's really eye-catching uh, it, the the film itself as the serpent's nest does does have some similarities to the recent film bit which mm. we covered on the, on the main show which was a which is a really good film and this has similar uh, aesthetics and the say so the opening title comes up in a very uh, neon uh, font uh, ne- neon pink kind of font that comes uh, which they return to neon uh, at the end i just love that uh, i love that that extra uh, effort that's gone there because you know you see even big budget or not big budget but like big budget compared to this you know like proper films where they just you know they it's just slap an afterthought, isn't it? Yeah. they slap on a title yeah. with a with a really bland you know font and stuff and i just like the effort that's that's been gone to some films some short films don't even get posters yeah. uh, some feature films <laughs> don't even get posters <laughs> but uh, but they've done some really nice work on on that side of things as well as the, the film itself yeah, so if it, you like it, bits, it draws you into the film straight away doesn't it so yeah, as soon as the I credits really come up yeah. you, you, it's like you're being pulled in right away it's not like You've, okay we're going to wait for the credits to go over and then sing, you know, it's like, no, no, we're, we're, get, we're grabbing you now, get, get you in the mood. Yeah. I also think it sort of reassures you when, when you see something of that quality that you're in good hands. Mm. And we, I'd already seen Serpent's Nest before, so I kind of knew where, where you know, what yeah, was in yeah. for. Um, but this is very different stylistically, completely like the polar opposite, essentially, to Serpent's Nest, which, he, which does deal with some similar themes. But, you know, one's daytime, mostly daytime, and this one's, most, this one's completely nighttime. Yeah. Uh, many, many characters in this, uh, lots of factions at play. Uh, and you, but the thing is, there's a lot going on, but you don't get lost. It, it, a lot of it's quite clear. Um, you know, some of it's caricature, you know, like the, the, um, the religious fanatics and stuff, you know, some of the characters have to be quite broadly drawn, uh, but the, you know, the uh, super, again, the sort of supernatural outsider characters who come into play and sort of impact this community. That's all quite uh, nicely done. And yeah, the performance, I'm sorry, I think if you've, if, if you're see if you're interested in seeing bit. Uh, I, I think this is probably the perfect sort of appetizer to go yeah. with it. I think you know would warm you up for it, and then probably watch Serpent's Nest as well if you if you if you can. I mean, I think they they would all work together quite well. The um, uh, it's yeah, it's I, for me, Tooth for Tooth was a better, more was the more engaging of the films. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more the, than Serpent's, uh, Serpent's Nest is a bit more of a slow burn. Uh, I, you know, it's half the, yeah. you know, half the running time, whereas tooth for tooth is kind of got to get things going quickly and, and it all, all, all happens. I, I, you could, you could easily flesh it out to a feature if you, if you, if, if you wanted to. Uh, but I think as it is, even that it's a, it's, it's a good little film. Absolutely. And yeah, I could easily see this sort of being sort of fleshed out in, into a feature. Like, like I said, you know, it's already established um, a whole pantheon of, of characters that they could, they could sort of flesh out. Sort of various um, sort of motivations and things. Um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention, as apart from the credits, is also again we're sort of saying about the involvement of you know very professional people with this with this young filmmaker, uh, mm. sort of getting these people. Uh, the music's by the very experienced composer uh, Ben Worley, mm. who's done many films with with his brother, including my favorite film, short film of all time, which is Go Bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, you know, Hugh Legram, which we covered, Pizza Time, the Eric Jacobus one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
even the film Apparition, which we covered, he did the score for right. score for that, I think. And uh, yeah, so that, that's again another interesting thing to consider is that you know these are very prof- young filmmaker, very professional, uh, you know, uh, uh, collaborators. Yeah, you know, which all which all helps. I mean, it's it, this is a film that can easily be a calling card that's going to you know catch the attention of. Uh, potential investors or, or you know you know your studios whatever so and and that's that's an incredible thing to say for for a filmmaker who's you know still a, still in their mid-teens absolutely yeah or was um, in their mid-teens at that time <laughs> yes. um so how are we going to score for tooth for tooth rich well i'm still gonna i'm, I'm gonna score it the same as serpent's nest i i i still think it's a seven uh but it's it's more of it's a higher seven if you, if you get what that means yeah <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So two sevens again for tooth for tooth. Our final review then is Tale of the Laundry Game. Uh, this is adapted from a Stephen King short story, and it sees uh, two men who meet for the first time since high school. Um, one of them works in a junkyard. The other one wants his car fixed on the sly, or at least fudged, so he can get um, keep keep it on the road. And they are um, joined in the past by an event. But for me, Rich, this was very unclear as to who had actually done what. Um, you know, for, for a long period, you think one person's done it, but then towards the end of it, I think somebody else had. So I was, I was kind of confused there. But this is a sort of interesting, sort of, it's, it's a bit of a sort of shaggy dog story. It's, it's you know, it's a tale told over num- numerous beers in the dead of night. Um, lots of sort of reminiscing going on and sort of other little shenanigans. And so as a sort of typical thing for Stephen King, you know, so the sort of veneer of sort of... Um, uh, sort of modern living, you know, the respectable sort of living is sort of pulled away um, to, to re- reveal the sort of evil underneath. Um, for me, this didn't work as well as the other two shorts we've covered tonight. Yeah, it's, um, I feel similar. The, the, um, it's kind of the characters, it's, something happens and sort of through during the conversation, something is awoken in one of the characters i think and that's what and this leads to uh him uh committing a uh i don't know what i don't really want to, i don't know if i would say but like you know committing a crime mm-hmm. uh you know hurting someone and the i felt the film seemed like it was going back and forward in time quite a lot but i don't know if that was just me getting a bit lost i know there was there was the introductory scene then they're com- reminiscing and so there's a flashback there but then there seems to be a bit of a flash forward and then and then it sort yeah. of moved back again uh which lost me lost me slightly um i think it's trying to cover this one is uh, uh, this adaptation is uh what 16 minutes so it's, again it's sort of it's trying to sell it to tell a little horror story um much more of a sort of a pure horror story probably than than the first two yeah. films we've discussed and obviously it's 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 a Stephen King story so there's the the director hasn't put in any, or the writer you know writer and director uh, haven't put in any particular touches to you know make it more their own 
story. You know, there's, yeah. there's none of the themes of Serpent's Nest or Tooth for Tooth in this. It's very straightforward Stephen King adaptation. Uh, I mean, the, first, the main thing to sort of highlight is it's incredible that a, four, a probably 13 or 14-year-old uh, when they were making this or maybe 15 it's hard to know the timeline of how they accomplished all these films and in what time frame it was um but managed to get the rights uh, you know officially this is not a fan film to get officially get the rights to make a film based on a stephen king story uh, through his, uh, stephen king's what he calls his uh, dollar baby initiative where he's uh, on his website he's got uh, any films that any any of his stories that haven't been you know optioned or aren't in production or whatever you know there's no conflicts if you submit an idea and he likes it, or, you know, you proposal of what to do, you, 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 he'll sell you the rights for a dollar, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Is, and yeah. uh, the so that's that's great in and of itself. I mean, that's going to capture the capture an audience instantly. Uh, you know, to 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 do an adaptation of a Stephen King, you got you know his audience. That's that's an incredible thing in and of itself. The film as it stands, I'm not sure if it's because I'm not a massive Stephen King fan. Although I do recognize, you know, the traits of his stories, um, uh, often they can be a little bit rambly and, you know, moving around in different sort of time frames and stuff, and obviously punctuated with these moments of of extreme violence, uh, often in a or quite or not unusually in a, in a domestic kind of setting, you know, something something going going a bit uh, intense. Um, but yeah, the I so I. I, I don't think I engaged with this as well as I definitely didn't engage with it as well as the others. Yeah. But perhaps whether that's because I'm not a short Stephen King stories kind of guy, I, d I don't know. But the the I got a bit lost. I think I would watch it again to try and figure it out a bit more. I think that there is a certain ambiguity, I guess, or, or something that you know. Uh, oh, what was what's the word looking for? The the mm, um, enigmatic. And yeah, it's more enigmatic. You know, there's a bit more you've got to figure out with it. I mean, mm. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Christopher Nolan's made a whole career of not not explaining everything to the ninth degree, and you've got to try and yeah. figure it out. Uh, obviously, this is a different kind of thing, but you know what I'm saying. The you know a bit more of an enigmatic story where you've got to try and fill in the gaps yourself to a certain extent uh, and try and keep up with time shifts and and, mm. and things like that. So, but the performances are excellent. I mean the the sort of the way the the uh the way the uh the meeting between these old friends chat mm. you know goes about and then you know it changes and it's sort of you can see it on the face of the character you know it goes it it, it takes a very dark turn as they as yeah. as they recall some sort of hid, some hideous thing they did in the past mm. and the, the, like a, a switch is is kind of flipped um obviously affects one of the characters more than the other yeah it's it's interesting, you know, as we're talking about it, and um, earlier we mentioned um, the film Christine as well, which I caught sort of late last year for the first time in ages. Um, and I, I can now see this sort of fitting into that sort of world, you know, um, sort of different time setting, but I can I can see it set in that sort of place. Well, again, is that, of, that's a lot, a lot of, of garage and yeah, stuff, exactly. isn't it? You, you know, know it's all, all these familiar bits. Sort of garage and things. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, I, could, I, I could see that, um, you know, and, and that sort of that sort of blue collar, sort of working stiff kind of um, sort of world that, that, that was set in. Um, and again, yeah. these sort of the, you know, uh, 
the craziness you know that mm. that comes out we talked, you know, again yeah, we that's at, kind um, of yeah we were looking at the film uh shadow builder the other week yeah exactly show, and we talked about how that sort of felt like a stephen king yeah uh film you know with, with that element you know that sort of small town um and that sort of evil sort of bubbling underneath you know just just waiting to be exposed or even uh, like look at the shining you know the way yeah. jack torrance's character i mean i, I don't know you know, I know the film and the book vary and stuff, mm. but that that same kind of thing happens. You know, whereas something there's something malevolent that's mm. you know it's either coming from, from it's either an external force or an, or something internal, but it, it changes you and it's, it's it affects the domestic situation. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the, that's 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 what happens here. I think it's an interesting little film. It's it didn't click mm. with me entirely, but uh, that's I'm sure many people, especially fans, I've read the. Um, synopsis to which um it, which are the, on wikipedia this is was originally called big wheels a tale of the laundry game uh from uh, which he wrote in i believe 1980 and the the reading through the plot summary it's it, it's it is exactly what you see in the movie you know in this in this short film basically yeah. uh, i think it would fit very nicely into an anthology collection of you know if you had a Stephen yeah. King and adaptations anthology that it would it would very neatly fit in um well that must have been yeah. around about the time he wrote Christine then I think isn't it so the film came out what about 845 it was, remember, it, it was optioned straight away before even actually it was wasn't it I think it was optioned before uh, optioned for a film before it was actually published I think yeah, you can find it. I mean, it was in a couple of books, but it's in uh, it's in Skeleton Crew, which also oh, had yeah, yeah. had the mist uh, in it as well as mm. um, I'm not sure if there were any others I'm particularly familiar with, but no, the the mist, which was obviously adapted, um, yes, by Frank Darabont. Mm. The um, uh, yeah, so I think Stephen one definitely one for Stephen King fans. I think the fact that it's been made yeah. to you know to such a high standard is is very impressive the uh i it's it's just of the three it's the one i was less interested i think the the fact that this is a director with such a a clear voice of their own yeah um i don't think they need to necessarily uh, adapt other people's work uh, although you know a lot of directors do do that you know to Mm. take different uh, different projects on board so that's uh, that shows the the range <laughs> you know of what, what this director director can accomplish at, at such a young age and uh, you know taking age out of the equation just is um is a yeah. very very accomplished filmmaker so i i'd say of all these three are all really well worth seeing mm-hmm. uh but for me this is the the sort of weak one so i'm gonna say six just based on that yeah, I'm going to join you on a six as well. Uh, I, I, again, you know, it, it was just a little bit too murky for me um, as, as to what's actually going on. Maybe I, I, I do need to watch it again. Um, and it will sort of stand up to another watch, I think. Um, yeah, so Alice Mayo McKay, um, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Um, she, she does remind me of the Monstrous Femme uh, people, Han- Hannah yeah. May Cummings and uh, yes. Emma Krogan. Absolutely, and, um, yeah. Yeah, so definitely um, really interesting that we've got sort of these young filmmakers up and coming. 
um, and, and doing such a good job. So uh, we'll put links into the footnotes, either to the films or to the trailers, whatever we can uh, get hold of uh, for this. Uh, we do recommend you check out Alice's films and um, yeah, yeah, just put a, put a note in the comments. Uh, let us know what you think of them. Um, but that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Rich for talking through Alice's films. No problem at all, sir. And don't forget to check out our main show, the DTV Digest, where we talk about films which didn't come, didn't get to the cinema, but went straight to DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming media. Uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook for news about upcoming releases and the DTV chart. Thank you for listening, and tune in again soon. listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.